Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back to J Prisink Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young. And today uh, we have a friend of the pod because uh, she's a, I think, uh, friend of the site because uh, Sammy uh, Silver used to write, of course, for Japers Rink. And uh, I figured uh, we're now a couple of weeks in, so I kind of, I think things have settled down in terms of, uh, you know, we're not going to have any like super crazy small sample size discussion. So uh, I've invited on Sammy Silver of Washington Hockey now to uh, discuss the uh, start of the season. So uh, Sammy, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Just hanging out with the dog and excited to talk hockey. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I, I was, we were just talking off mic that I, I think I've finally figured out a rhythm for how I'm going to watch these games. And it involves accepting that uh, I will not watch them live, which uh, tragically means I won't be on Twitter during the games, which is uh, I will have to live with. And that's I think the world will move on. Uh, but anyways, so Sammy, uh, I, I had a whole agenda planned. And then I saw that uh, Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom apparently skated today. So uh, I think I'm contractually required to ask about that first so uh so what is, like i mean so what do we know at this point about the two if anything and what do we what did we see today in practice first off i mean it's a it's a great sign to to see them they've they've been around the facility and i'm putting in the work um so long ways to go so basically they they did hit the ice for it was a it was like a few minutes i'm not sure exactly how long but they're in the track suits you know had the sticks and the skates on not full gear um, just taking some strides, taking, you know, feeling the puck, feeling themselves, kind of like how they move on the ice, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then basically they're not yet scheduled to resume skating. Um, so there's not a regular thing. It was one time part of their rehab. Um, you know, let's get them out there. Let's see how they feel out there um, and go from there. Um, they're not scheduled to skate within the next few days. Um, they'll likely do it at some point. Again, um, but they're not scheduled to continuously, you know, yeah. start skating again. It's it's a lengthy rehab, right? I mean, they're they're two sure. surgeries. Backstrom's probably more so than than Wilson, considering it's like a whole 
it's it's not a whole new hip, but I mean that's kind of how it might feel, right? Well, and also, I mean, a like backstrom surgery is just rarer, right? In terms it of is. the hot recovery from it. Yes, you know, there's a little, There's been five yes. of them that have been on NHL players, and I think only one played after it. So I mean, it seems significant, at least for backstrom, that he's even on the ice at this point. No? Yeah, no, I mean, he he said himself, he's pain free for the first time in a long time. So. I think, you know, for them to get out there is a huge mental first step for them. It's it's a huge step for the team to, to just see him skating. I mean, it's a huge positive, like you said, to, to even see him on skates. So I think that they, you know, got some time and got to feel how they feel out there, feel the puck, you know, pass it around, feel it a little bit. Um, nothing sure. at Backstrom has a very, it's a long way to go for both of them. Backstrom probably longer. It's going to be a long rehab. Um, and then Willie... Willie, you know, last we talked to him, he's feeling good. And, you know, he he thinks he's ahead of schedule. He, you know, he's not sure what that means in the grand scheme of a timetable. Um, but the original one has him returning like December, January-ish. Yeah. Um, so, so it's a good sign to see him out there. But both have been around in high spirits every time I've seen him. And, you know, the, the team loves him. So to see him out there, I mean, everybody was excited. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I guess the other injury question that I have in my brain at this point is, uh, do we know anything about the status of Connor Brown? Obviously, we know that the team has said that it's uh, likely serious, but I don't really know what serious means. Do we do we have any idea what's going on with Connor Brown? It's it's going to be it's going to be long term. Um, That's that's all. So, I mean, when when we saw it, when we saw. Sorry, as my dog rips my couch apart. That um, is okay. As, <laughs> well, we, hopefully your couch is okay. No, it, it is. Um, okay. I mean, as as we saw in that game, right, he he took that very awkward hit, um, you know, very strange fall afterward. And when he got up, you know, he wasn't really putting a lot of weight on that leg. Um, sure. VO, and it, it's going to be long-term. Um, it's, it's lower body right now, so we don't know the exact thing. Surgery is not off the table. Um, okay. so we, we don't, we don't know. I mean, it's disappointing, right? You get a guy who just comes in and is supposed to replace injured players himself. Right. And then this happens, yep. um, you know, and he's a penalty killer also to come in and replace hags. Who's also out. So sure. tough to see a guy like Connor, you know, go down, but that's caps hockey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, I guess so. I mean, it, it is interesting because I mean, they have the oldest rock or I guess second oldest, if I remember correctly, roster yes. in the NHL and, uh, you know, but Connor Brown isn't exactly the kind of guy, you know, on the younger side who you would have expected to have this kind of thing happen. But I mean, it was no. just kind of a thing, right? It could happen to almost anyone. So yeah, and I mean, kind of one of the caps. Things. I mean, the caps have been dealing with it for a long time. And when I say that's caps hockey, it's next man up. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and that's the way that they play. So uh, it's going to be long term. Uh, there's no timetable right now. Um, it's just lower body and sure. We go from there. <laughs> I guess I guess the hope at this point is we get to see him play again in a Washington Capitals uniform, although I guess there's no guarantee about that. So, um, all right. So let's kind of dive into the Capitals play so far. Uh, and they, um, I, I think it's probably safe to say uneven at best, right? I, like, I mean, on the positive side, they are four and three, right? So that is a winning record. Uh, you know, yep. they've been, I guess, playing. I mean, they got off to an 0-2 start against two 
a pretty to very good teams. And then, you know, they are now, I guess, you know, one more than they've lost since then. But I don't know. I mean, I it doesn't sound like anyone is super optimistic about what the Caps have done so far this year. Uh, advanced stat-wise, there's some really good reasons for that. But I guess kind of what are where, where are you at on what you've seen, you know, through these first little stretch here? Kind of what are you, what are you seeing about the Caps right now? Yeah, I'll start off with saying that I'm not an advanced stats person. Um, okay. <laughs> I've, always, I've always relied on the on the good old eye test. Sure. Um, well, what is the good old eye test saying? And maybe we can I, kind of complement our viewpoints a little bit. I see a team that's that's trying to figure out the best combinations with the pieces that they have. Sure. Um, that that is starting to to see that gel a little bit. I think that when we started the season, we we saw kind of you know a bit of of the not a bit of the same because there's a lot of different names that came back. Right. I mean, sure. and you're not seeing some of the regulars in, we just talked about injuries. So I see a team with new pieces trying to incorporate where those guys fit and then things from years past, you know, let's take a look at Ovechkin, Kuznetsov combination on that first line wasn't clicking. Yeah. You know, they, they were failing, you know, and then you saw the original defensive pairings that didn't change all last year, you know, struggle with, you know, missed assignments, you know, lost battles in the neutral zone, you know, miscommunication, unable to maintain that puck possession, you know, bounces going over their stick. I mean, you know, anything you want to, any way you want to put it, it just wasn't clicking. Um, sure. And, you know, there, there's been tweaks, you know, where we see Stromer now on, on the first line and, and uh, Shears come up and, you know, Connor Sheary, I think, has really added a lot. And, you know, now that I see now, now I think that they're starting to get the right pieces together and kind of see the situation that they're in and the new guys are getting acclimated and the other guys are stepping up. You know, you've seen, you know, Johansson step up. You've seen, like we just talked about, Shears. And now you're seeing sure. you know, guys like Beck Malenstein come in and Protoss, you know, is starting to to heat up a little bit after, you know, he kind of went a little quiet after the preseason. So I see a team that's starting to bring it together. I see a team that has two very good goaltenders. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that's like a plus. So there, there's, there, there's not the panic on, on Twitter that I see is not necessary because I see a team that's starting to get the pieces together who have had a rugged start. And you're not always going to start pretty. You know, not every game is going to go your way. You're not going to win 82 games. It's not really October good. hockey also is kind of its own thing, right? And October we've, hockey. Say, I mean, we've been doing this a number of years, it's right? A, like it's a October different. October games are weird. Yeah. yeah. And it's a different breed, right? And, yeah. you know, it's it's still early. And, you know, this team knows what it has to do. And I think that they're finally starting to piece together. Okay. Old systems, not working. Yeah. Game is changing not working. Let's see what works. And they're finally starting to come in into their own. Like, you know, I talked to Marty today and he's really enjoying playing with Jensen. So okay, you see things like that, you know, so it all comes together. So, so we'll see, we'll see how Mm -hmm. it goes, but no reason for panic now, at least not, at least not on my end, but I'm a, I'm an optimist and a pretty chill person. So sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, which is which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because uh, yeah, you know, there's a plenty of uh, people on voices on Twitter that I could be echoing, but I I'm going to choose not to because it is still early. But yeah. one one person that. 
actually did make some pretty aggressive comments was head coach Peter Laviolette uh, after the O2 the O2 and O start. Uh, you know, I, he he said some a series of comments about urgency and intensity that, I don't know, kind of caught my eye. And I'm kind of curious, mm-hmm. did it catch your eye? And kind of what was your, I mean, you know, obviously it's now been a little bit since the comments, you know, about the lack of urgency, but did that kind of catch your ear your, your a little bit? And if so, kind of what do you think it meant that Laviolette was saying that after just two games of the year? Yeah, I mean, definitely caught my eye. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, there were, you know, miscommunications misassignments and lost battles and that that doesn't just happen because you know you're you know things aren't going your way or bounces aren't sure. going your way that happens because there's a lack of urgency yeah. um that happens because there's a lack of communication that happens out of your own doing right i mean the beautiful thing about hockey is a lot of it can do with luck but that's not the case in those first two games if you see them so yeah there wasn't a lot of urgency there against boston um wasn't too much urgency to to get the job done against Toronto and but you know both of them very good hockey teams um you know and they need to come in with the right expectation I mean it's still early you know I mean but also you need to to have that and Laviolette saying that is you know let's dig ourselves out of this hole before it gets too deep yeah it's early yeah it's October it's only two games but you know we've seen it before with teams that start slow and slow yeah you know teams that have starts that suck you know don't don't sure. get in good positions and you know if that urgency if you if you're fine with that urgency after those first two games and you and you don't address it then your players are gonna think everything's status quo yeah think just didn't go our way but sure. that, you know, laviolette knows that that's not the case so i yeah. thought it was a good message you know even if it's early so yeah, yeah. And I mean, one thing you would definitely say, right, is, you know, you can't make the playoffs after the first two months of the year, but you can sure guarantee you're not going to make the playoffs after the first two months of the year, right? So, you know, it's probably probably better to kind of get get it on the right message and not. Um, there is one thing I did want to ask you about, though. So the Capitals defensively are, you know, I think, I think it's safe to say that things got maybe a little bit better since then, but... One thing that is a little striking, at least, you know, kind of pairing our two viewpoints together for me is a little bit of the lack of offensive generation at 5v5. You know, that is something that I have noticed, I think, both eye test wise and uh, definitely analytically, I've noticed that, too. And that control, by the way, that that also I've controlled that for the Cavs uh, when they've been tied. So, you know, I think that that's something I've noticed. And I was kind of curious, like, I mean, have you noticed it a little, the kind of lack of offensive generation and even strength? And is there something that, you know, do you think this is just early and if things are getting a little sorted out, or do you think that there could be kind of a bigger problem with, you know, the caps? I mean, we talk about them being an older roster and everything like that. You know, do we, do we see a potential like kind of systemic problem or do we think it's just early still? Uh. I mean, you 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 saw that you know no five on five against Ottawa. Um, yeah. You know that's a great example right there. That Ottawa game where you had two power play goals and a two nothing lead to start, and then you know it, it all goes out the window. Um, yes. I think that the foundation of that starts with playing a full 60 minutes. Um, because even at five on five in that game, even though things didn't, only the power play goals went in. You know, at even first though they tilted the ice. They were dominating the zone time, extended zone time. You know, chances shots on goal, you know, keeping the pressure going while changing your lines, but not allowing the other, you know, lines to change was huge um, in that game against Iowa. And then 
We've yeah. seen it, right, where this team, you know, is losing their battles five on five and then comes back and scores like four goals in one period, you know? So, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and, you know, some of that comes from the power play. Some of it comes at even strengths. I mean, you saw it against the Kings, you know, it wasn't a bunch of power play. It was like Nick Dowd sparking a comeback, you know, because yeah. that's the pressure you need at five on five. That's the powerhouse line that you need operating at five on five. So I think that we're seeing like flashes of more of that. We're seeing tenacity with the puck. You know, we're seeing them jumping on pucks, getting involved, communicating with each other, playing for one another. Mm-hmm. You need to string it along for 60 straight minutes. Um, because if they're not, it, it falls off. Like you can come out of the gate flying and then step off the gas and that's where you're going to lose your battles. Mm-hmm. Um, the ice tilts so, so quickly, especially in today's game where it's so fast. Um, so I, I see I see this team, you know, starting to to come together with the line combinations, especially. I mean, the Ovi Kuzi started to come together and then started not to come together. And then Strom clicked up there and then I didn't. And I did again. Yeah. So I think. And yeah. Then the, <laughs> and then the D gang more involved. Right. So, like, we're seeing Carlson start to, to move the puck a little bit better. We're we're seeing, you know, Nick Jensen, I think, has been excellent when it comes to, you know, moving that puck up ice and helping generate some of those chances, you know. Yeah. Get, quite a few helpers to his name this season and and Orlov's starting to heat up as well right so I think Mm -hmm. that you're starting to see a group of guys find chemistry with the new lines that they've put together um and New Jersey was a good sign because that's you know say what you want about New Jersey but it's a very young fast team yeah and the fact that not not necessarily a great matchup for the Caps even though you know and and they they were able to you know come out come out to the good yeah and and they were flying and you know they 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 did the right things for a period of time to yeah. to, to put a six <laughs> for, for a second period of time I guess exactly to, to, and then like, <laughs> and then maybe a final ten minutes of the third right where I think that after yeah. that timeout they did recover so they know what they have to do um sure. it's just a matter of playing that together and that's going to yeah. lead to fair five on five production yeah okay so there are two roster questions that I think have uh you know, people want, have wanted me to ask. Uh, and uh, the first one is, I think the one that, you know, is one that a lot of people have talked about, I think both press and fans, and that is Connor McMichael. Uh, oh, do they? The... <laughs> <laughs> so, Sammy, I'm going to, I'm going to phrase this question this way though. Um, and then we're going to, I have two parts to this question, but we're going to, we're going to focus on the first one, which is, why do we think there is so much angst about Connor McMichael? What is it like? Because I think it might paint to a broader question about the roster, but I'm kind of curious, what, what, do you, what do you think is the source of the, like, why why even talk about Connor McMichael? You know, it's funny that you asked me that because I was thinking about it this morning. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, you know, I think that there, that maybe it's because he's a, he, I mean, he, he is a, a great, well, first of all, I mean, I should say he's a great kid. Um, yeah. But he, I mean, he's a first round pick, 2019 first rounder, young guy, playing on the second oldest roster in the league. That's seen its share of inconsistencies over the last three seasons, or probably last two seasons. I don't, I don't really, I try not to count the COVID seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, I mean, it, it's not. Because who the hell really knows, Fair. right? I mean, like we 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 for, we are so quick to forget last year, like, but last year had like a month stretch where like games were getting shut down left and right, like half of the league caught COVID at one point, like it's hard, you know. And then the Caps obviously on the other side of COVID looked 
mediocre to bad at times, you know? So, but I think it's, it's so easy to quickly forget how much COVID decimated the season yeah. last year. I mean, a lot of people forget that there was a pandemic, but that's a yeah. conversation yeah. For, for a different <laughs> Um, and for a different expert than me. Um, but anyway, uh, no, I mean, I think that you see a young kid who, who has flashes of really strong play, who, who's a first round pick and a young guy who, who's sitting on, on an NHL roster right now, um, who last year had, you know, a rookie season. I think there are some people who go into the advanced stats and they see, you know, again, I'm not a big advanced stat person, so I, I can't, don't take my word as gospel maybe i'm wrong but you know some people might look at the advanced numbers or the underlying numbers of the heat maps and be like oh look at connor mcmichael you know first round pick you know and he has a lot of good qualities you know he he has a lot of speed he he has ad strength i even said going to camp he, he looks bigger you know he did the gary roberts training so he trains with the with the stars you know and sure he he has a you know star name to him he's a first rounder you know and there's still a ceiling and he's only 21 but that can lead to a lot of, like you said, angst. Where yeah, <laughs> you know, the team that started four and th- uh, three, and there's lines and chemistry that need tweaking, and people look and they're like, who, who, who's not playing? The first rounder isn't playing. You know, yeah. I. Therefore, what's going on? So I think that that's where where a lot of the angst comes with with Connor. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you, you hit on, I think, a lot of the points that, that I was going to, what I was going to echo, you know, which is that you know, like, I think Connor McMichael, I think, is an interesting question because we see what's coming with the Capitals, right? We see, you know, that this is a roster that is now very obviously showing its age, right? Just like in reality, that's what it is, you know? And so we see him as, oh, here's a young player, you know, here is a guy that, you know, just put him in, right? Why not play him? But I think one 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 area of fan fan angst that I do understand, I think, is I guess I don't really see a great plan here, right? And I, I, maybe you can help clarify this to me, Sammy, because I see a a player that you know I don't. If he's not going to play, put him in Hershey, right? But I guess I don't. I mean, I know Laviolette talked about this a little bit today, so. I'm going to, I guess I'm going to kind of ask you this, you know, one, you know, where do you think LaViolette sees Connor McMichael? And two, what is the plan for Connor McMichael here in his future development? Yeah, I mean, I think right now you see, well, first off, yeah, I mean, I'll address why he said this morning, you know, sure. it's basically why, why isn't he, he and Hershey? And he kind of answered, you know, he's, he's on our 23 man roster, you know, he, he's there, you know, <laughs> he, he's here. And he's yep. here. On he's indeed there. I mean, I, I'll, I'll yeah, take your, and, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, but he, he's here, and you know, you've seen the caps riddled with injuries. You send him down, and you're in the same situation you saw with Connor Brown the other day. Sure. But also, I mean, I, I do agree to, to a point. You know, he, you know, he should be getting playing time, and Hershey would be a good place for him, especially he thrived there. But you, th- you see a guy who's been in the NHL now. For, for quite a bit, right? I mean, he's played 68 games. He's shown that he's an NHL guy. Um, sure. And, you know, after you play 68 games at the NHL level and you're a sophomore, you're going into your sophomore season, I mean, do you really want to go back to, to Hershey? I, you know what I mean? So yeah, that takes down his value as, as a player. Um, so I think that that might be the thing with McMichael, but also... 
looking at Connor, this team sees him as, as a future center. They like him at the center role. They think that that's where his best play is. They don't, they don't think his best play is at the wing. They think it's at center and top nine center. Sure. Looking at the roster, there is not a top nine center job available right now. Not right <laughs> now. No, there's not. The, the <laughs> vacancy right now on the roster is the fourth line wing. And who fits there? Beck Malenstein or Joe Snively. Connor not McMichael. Connor McMichael. Connor McMichael does not fit there. Connor no. McMichael is a skilled player. Not no matter that how much he tries to get into fights. Which, yeah. Uh, was, yeah, exactly. And not, not that, 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 look, that fourth line has skill. You know, mm-hmm. there's a reason that Nick Dowd and Garnet Hathaway do so much damage and make up one of the best fourth lines in the league. It's because they, yes, they, they do. do a lot. McMichael does not fit that identity. Beck Malenstein does. Mm-hmm. Joe Snively does. And it's funny because the Cavs put McMichael there in training camp. McMichael Dowd Hathaway. They did try that. Yeah. And people were upset. Yes. <laughs> people were like, why is he on the fourth line? So I'm like, you can't have it both ways. You can't, you know what I mean? Because there's no vacancies right now. I think yeah. Johan has been doing a great job, so you're not going to put him on the top six wing. Dylan Strom has shown that he's a top six. That he won that role fair and square, yeah, I think, over did. McMichael. McMichael, his preseason was okay. It wasn't fantastic. So Strom won that role. Protoss had a heck of a preseason. He's finally starting to become more noticeable, so he's going to stay in. Lars Eller's been doing well, so he's going to stay. There's just no vacancies right now except that fourth-line spot. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not going to go to McMichael. I mean, if it did, no. Cap's Twitter would probably be upset. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cap's Twitter. But yeah, would, yeah. I mean, we're both members of it, yeah. right? So but, but, they, but they would be upset. They would be like, why is yeah. the top pick on the fourth line? Even though that that's realistically probably where he would get a lot of minutes if he if he did play as a regular on that spot. So I think that they see a kid who they're going to develop as a certain position, um, mm-hmm. and they're not going to put him at any other position because that's yeah. just not the player that he is. McMichael's not a fighter. He's not a fourth line grinder. He's not. You know, I, that's not him. Yeah. He's not a fourth line winger at the center, and that's where they want to develop him and. They're going to go from here. I mean, who knows? You know, words yeah. words from Laviolette could be like, we don't have a conversation about now. And then maybe that's a conversation they had this afternoon. Or yeah. maybe a conversation they had tomorrow. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, hockey can change so much. So I think that that's the plan for this kid. Um, I think that him being out of the lineup right now, I don't really see where he would fit in right now. I really, yeah. I don't. Um, yeah. Yeah, with a yeah I mean, you know, I think absent a, you know, roster move, you know, which uh, I yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, I guess we'll kind of see this little stretch here. I mean, they have the upcoming three game road trip that I'm going to ask you about. All, well, I guess they've already played a game on the road, uh, so they, they're continuing their road trip. But I'll yeah. ask you about that in a sec, because there's one more roster thing I want to ask you about. And that is um, for I really the last what, like year and a half the caps have had the or since since the start of last year they have had the same three defensive pairs uh except substitute out uh schultz or gustafson um you know for a while in terms of you know having faravari and carlson and orlov jensen and uh I, I, you know, what was interesting is I think towards the end of uh, really after COVID last year, you know, we saw Faravari seem to kind of struggle. Um, and we saw Orlov and Jensen, who was pretty much uniformly dominant throughout last year. And so it's interesting to me that 
they made the switch that Laviolette has now put Ferrari, you know, on the second pair with Jensen and put uh, Orlov and Carlson as kind of a, you know, put their best, what you would assume are the best two defenders, you know, in the, in the kind of together on the, on the top pair. And I mean, it, it seems so far it's been a little mixed, I think. Um, I, I guess, I guess, again, kind of a two-part question here. One, why do you think Laviolette made this switch? And two, do you think this, do you, what do you kind of see this switch uh, accomplishing? And do you think it's something you could see the Caps continuing with going forward? Uh, to answer your first question, I, I think he made the switch because those original Z pairings were not working. Um, yeah, they were not. I mean, you thought besides TVR and Gustafson, um, I mean, that's a that's a pretty smooth going pairing. I, they do what they're supposed to do. Seems like they complement each other. pretty. Yeah. Well. TVR is back on his natural side. Gustafson moves the puck. He does what they do, what they're supposed to do. Yeah. This top four was not working. I don't know if it's just, you know, not feeling the same momentum as last year. There were miscommunications. There were uncovered, you know, there were like guys flying to the front of the net that went uncovered. You know, you saw it in the Boston game where I think Kemp's had a huge stop on a breakaway and nobody picked up Krejci on the rebound. Yeah. You know, and that that's just back-checking. But everybody was on the back-check, but I was saying on one guy, the other guy's empty for the rebound, Kemp's has no chance. Um, mm-hmm. No matter, no matter how, you know, if you just want a Stanley Cup, you, you got no chance. So, yeah, and exactly. you know, I think looking at the goaltenders that you have, they're not bad goaltenders. They're fantastic no. goaltenders, fantastic people. Um, so when they're letting by goals that are out of their control and it comes down to the defense in front, hanging them out to dry a little bit. Um, I was talking to Trevor about it the other day, cause I was like, you know, your parent didn't change, but the others said, and he was like, eh, don't read too much into it, you know, but then talking to Veravarde, he likes playing with Jensen, you know, I think. Sometimes when you need urgency um, and you need to make a statement as a coach, I just started coaching this year and I enjoy it very much. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. My my girls. I will ask you about that in yeah, a second. My, my show, girls so. don't have the most fun, but they have fun. No, I'm just kidding. I have a great time. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, when, when a coach needs to make a statement or there needs to be urgency, you make a statement and you change the lines. Yeah. If something's not working, you fix it. Um, so that's what happened. And now, now I can kind of see them coming into our, their own. I mean, at first, you're going to have mis- – it's not going to be perfect the first time. It's You're no. playing with a whole different defensive partner for the first time in a year, you know. And for Caravari, somebody he hasn't played with yet. He spent all last year with Carlson. He didn't play with Jensen, you know. Yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you got you to you feel Jensen, you know. You got to feel his game. And then for Carlson, I think Carlson – Carlson's an interesting guy because he puts up the points on offense, but defensively, I think it's not, safe to say uneven sometimes. It's not. It's not <laughs> um, and I think Orlov can make up for a lot of that. But after playing with Jensen, I mean, and going up to to play with a guy like Carlson who's so involved offensively, even if they played together in the past, that there's there's a change there, right? There's things yes. that, that it's not that, two players. I mean. You know, you, I mean, you could say, okay, you know, maybe Orlov is like more kind of, you could put him in a defensive role there. But I mean, you look at kind of the way he moves on ice, and that's not necessarily like the way I would characterize his game. And I'm, you know, I mean, obviously, I am no secret, I'm very high on Dimitri Orlov's game, although I think this year it's been a little more uneven than I would have expected. But, you know, I, I, I it's not. 
you know, I, I would imagine that there's a lot of adjustment because they're very different players in ways that, you know, in, in some ways could complement each other, but in other ways I would think it would take some adjusting. Yeah, no, I mean, and like you said, I mean, it's it's players that you look at and, you know, games change over the courses of career, but yes. I'll tell you, Nick Jensen is not John Carlson, and no. John Carlson <laughs> is not Jensen. So when you yes. put... Dimitri Orlov with somebody who is not Nick Jensen, and you put Martin Ferrari with someone who is not John Carlson, and that's where they've been for the last, you know, season and a half. Yeah. It, it's going to take a couple games. I finally see them start to mold. I think last game, albeit the, thir- the start of the third wasn't great, I, I think that they, they did start to click. They were winning their battles. They weren't giving the opposition, you know, there were shots, but there weren't high-danger shots. No, yeah, that was the one thing I would say is, I mean, obviously yeah. the Devils had their chances that game. There was they no did. Secret, but there was a lot of stuff towards the edge that I think, you know, you see 42 shots versus 23 or whatever the hell the Capitals had. You know, I, I don't think that that's perfect. I know the advanced stats of that game also were not great for the Capitals either. But yeah. uh, I will say, you know, when we watch the game, you know, I think that it, I, I do think that that's, that's a little bit of a weird game to kind of quantify. It, it is, but you did see, I mean, with the eye test, you saw a pairing shut down some high danger chances, keep things to the outside, yes. do what they were supposed to do. And and that's, you know, you ever did, they need to put it together for a full 60. That's a team problem, not just a mm-hmm. defensive problem. But, you know, I think, I think we, we see them starting to come together. They stayed together today. Um, you know, talking to everybody, they, they like who they're playing with. I mean, they all love each other. I can tell you that. Yeah. But, they, they like playing with each other. Marty Marty feels good. He he did last year, maybe toward the end, it was a little bit of a struggle. Um, but, you know, I think it was just maybe rookie, rookie problems, rookie struggle. Sure. You know, especially when you're a young kid who had played six games in the past, dealt with COVID, and then came back to start his career on a top pairing role with John Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have your your share struggle, but there's a reason I voted him for Colder, right? I mean, mm-hmm. a ton of ice time, a ton of hits, you know, a kid who carries himself like he's much older than he is. So yeah, I think sure. party with Jensen is going to be good, and I, I think we're starting to see it come together. All right. Okay. And then um, one, 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 one final Caps, like, pure hockey question, and then we're going to take a break, and then... I'm going to ask some more fun questions, uh, you know, uh, but the, the, the final question I have is uh, before the break is the Caps have three more games on this road trip uh, and they're against tough teams, right? You know, you have Dallas who is uh, playing really, really well right now. You have Nashville who is not, but the Caps never play well in Nashville, it seems like. And then uh, Carolina, who I'm already tired of talking about Carolina, but they are really good. Um, so I guess what what do, what do you think that the Caps hope to get from these games aside from just three wins? Like what would what would it, you know wins or losses aside for now because it's still early and I think we're still kind of thinking about what the process and the structure of the team looks like. What do you think you would hope the Caps to get from these three games, uh, concluding their road trip? Uh, you know I think that they want to see things start to come together with the sure. line. Um, I think that they want to see a full 60. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking, you're I, think, I think we've all hey. And you know, ask, like, you know, hey, have you seen, like, three straight periods of 
you know, good play. And he's like, I've seen three straight periods, but not in the same game. He's like the first, the third period of LA. And then the first and second of New Jersey was good. <laughs> and, you know, and that, that gave us, you know, kind of a laugh, but you know, they, they want to see a full effort for 60 minutes. Um, They, they want to see those defensive pairings start to come together. They want to see the offense at five on five. I mean, and they, they probably want to see, you know, more from that top six, you know, you see guys like Dow producing and, you know, but Connor Sherry, I think, is really helping, going to help that first line. I don't know why some people don't like him there. I think he's great there. I, mm-hmm. I Interesting. There's a reason he's leading the team in goals right now, and yeah. he's tenacious on pucks. So I think him on the first line it is good. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they want they want to see more from those stars, though. They want to see more from Kuzi, want to see more from Ovi, who, who I think is starting to get in the swing. Um, you know, last night might provide a little bit more of a moment, uh, momentum, but they want to see things come together at even strength, see those lines continue to build, see a full 60 minutes, you know, and, and go from there. Um, yeah. And I think a, a road trip is a, is a good test for that, especially it's not an easy one. You know, no. like you said, you got Dallas, you got Carolina, you got Nashville, and um, it, it's a tough one. And you're going to see, you know, how they come together when, when they're in a tough situation because a road trip isn't easy you know and especially when you're in a competitive situation like this and and you still want points um and they, yes. they don't now matter because they didn't get off to a good start so yeah yeah no i think that's i think that's fair i think that's fair all right well with that we're going to take a quick break and on the other side uh sammy has been writing up a storm for washington hockey now and i'm going to ask her some questions about some of the stories that she's written so uh with that stay tuned welcome back Radio. Still here with Sammy. And uh, so I have a question, Sammy, which is um, I finally have been reading some positive reviews about something. And that is NHL 23, the video game seems like it's gotten better uh, in terms of I was I was reading a review this morning about that. Apparently, the crowds are a lot better in this game now, and it's a little more realistic of an atmosphere. But one thing that I've heard a little bit more mixed reactions because you were very uh, diligent in polling the Capitals is uh, the various players' reactions to their own likenesses on NHL 23. And I know this is something that you've written about. So I guess kind of what was, I'm going to start with this and then I have a follow-up. What was the inspiration behind the piece and kind of what did you learn from talking to the Capitals about this thing? Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I like to... I mean, you, you've known me for years. I mean, I like I like to kind of go go outside the box. I mean, not not everything is, is going to be like a like a you know analyzing the X's and O's on the Washington yeah, Capitals second unit power play. Not, right? not you can't always write articles about that. Not everything is going to be like why is McMichael playing? Like you know. So. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> there's only so many times you can write about Laviolette not saying a ton at a press conference. Yeah, so right? <laughs> and and you know I, I I love video games. You know, it's it's what I do when I'm not, you know, pecking on a keyboard for 20 years or hanging out with the dogs. So I was playing NHL and, you know, I I was checking out the new game and, you know, like it. I I think the crowds are more fun. I wish that they would change some of the, you know, be a pro kind of stuff. Yeah, it seems like they didn't touch that this year, did they? No, they didn't. Um, And so, which which is, I be a pro is my favorite one. It's a guilty pleasure, but um, yeah, no. So I was playing and I was looking at like kind of the players I was playing with, you know, on the caps. And I was looking and I was like, who, who is that? I'm like, I don't think I've seen that guy. 
before i'm like i don't think that that's like a a tax player and it was like matt Irwin, and i'm like what i was like <laughs> i was like no and then i'm like you know what i'm like matt and maddie maddie's one of the best guys to talk to in the room i, I love talking sure to i've heard that from multiple people um, yeah i i love talking to, to all of them uh not not a bad guy in there and not i'm not getting paid to say that it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so i was like you know i'm like they'll, they'll answer i'm like so so let's have some fun i'm like let's let's go to the roster i'm like well first i need to see what the rest of them look like um so i went to the roster and went through and i was looking and i was like okay some of the, some of these are hysterical um and, and they'll get the boys will get a kick out of it too and you know so i went up and you know, I asked, like, I tested it with Mo, um, and he was like, no, like, it, it's pretty good. And then I tested it with, like, Lingren, because his, like, looks nothing like him. It's like a guy with, like, a faux hawk and stubble. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, that's horrible. <laughs> he, who, I, I love Chucky. He's he's great. Um, but he was like, yeah. that's horrible. He's like, where's the mustache? And, you know. <laughs> The scene and you know and seeing like the other guys be like oh my god let me see her they're like what do I look like you know it's it's always fun to to you know give them something fun to talk about not everybody wants to talk about you know like you said the X's and O's or why things aren't working or you know the cliche hockey questions you know and and you can have fun you know and yeah that's something I think you know I want to set myself apart from is yeah I'll provide the serious coverage and your takeaways and your X's and O's but we're, we're going to have a good time too. So, um, yeah. which I appreciate. Was, yeah, that was the answer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay. And, uh, I guess my follow-up is, uh, you kind of answered this a little bit, but, uh, what do you think was the most, most and least accurate, uh, and it like NHL 23 depiction of a Washington capital? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, Chucky, Chucky's was pretty bad. Um, yeah. Maddie, Maddie's wasn't good either. Uh, no. Man, I mean, yeah, I'll I'll go I'll go worse for Chucky. I mean, it just he's such a nice guy, and he's such a fun guy to talk to. And he's such an interesting dude. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That, <laughs> if I talk to him, like you wanna, you're like people should do right by this by this man. Sure. Like because yeah, <laughs> right by everybody else. Um. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? That's pretty disappointing, and. You know, he has an iconic look. You know, it's not like he's never. Yeah, no, no. You would think, I mean, just get a mustache, right? Yeah, like it's not, it's not like nobody's ever seen him before. Yeah, there's his first full season up in the show, but it's not like Uh, he had before. He has a mustache. He doesn't. Might might not have been the uh, the A team on the uh, on the graphics for him, huh? But yeah, so (laughs) and even should have been, but it wasn't. Even even Irwin, he was like, they probably have bigger fish to fry, but that's not. (laughs) He was like, it's a good looking guy though, and I'm like, okay, not. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but I guess that's true. a different reaction, right? I mean, I guess if you're no, a player, you're like, like hey, you know, <laughs> like, make like me Mar- look good if it's not going to be accurate. He like turned around. He's like Marty. He's like, he's a good looking guy, right? And he was like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and I was like, what? I was like, I love this. Like, this is great. Yeah. And I, I think the most accurate. I didn't really. I talked to Stromer a little bit. Um, he he kind of mentioned that that he had done like the player model before. Um, sure. His, his was pretty spot on. Ovi, Ovi has all of his teeth in his, so I'm a little disappointed with that. Oh, that's um, weird, because Nor- sometimes they do get the gap teeth right. Yeah, sometimes they do, but that I can I can assure you that man still has that classic smile with that missing yeah. tooth. Um, yes. So, <laughs> but that I mean, yeah. So I would I would say Stromer's is is probably the one that that looks most like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let let's go Chucky 
Chucky lost. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was that was rough to see. But yeah, yeah. I think your piece your piece did it justice in terms of the uh, the justice or lingering campaign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, I'm gonna uh, let's uh. So speaking of things that might well, I don't know. There's no good way to transition to talking about the uh, reverse retro jerseys. So I'm gonna give myself an F for that transition because I couldn't find one. But uh, but anyway, so um, the Capitals have I think now released the reverse retro jerseys, and uh, I know you've written about them and you've written about Lindgren's mask. Uh, you know, yep. as being pretty pretty interesting. So I guess first, what did you think of the the reverse retro and kind of uh, do you have any fondness for the uh, the screaming eagle and uh, all all this all the old stuff from the uh, the pre rock the red caps that they're that they're bringing back for at least a little bit. Yeah, so it's funny because I wasn't born yet when the when the Screaming Eagle first God became, damn it, I feel old. First That's became fine. a thing. No, no, I, I only missed it by like two years. Uh, yeah. One of my one of my players the other day, she was like, "You're 30, right?" I was like, oh. So <laughs> that took me back. I was. I like, can say being 30, being over 30, it's not the end of the world. I looked at her. I was like. Uh, I was like, yeah. I was my like, knee now hurts a little bit, and I woke up with a bad back the other day. But aside from that, you know, and the Im- impending fear of death, you know, I think I'm doing okay. So. I mean, I'm <laughs> up with a bad back, and I'm, you know, but I like looked at her. I'm like, you want to skate next practice? I'm like, you just want it. Thirty. I was yeah. like, um, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I, but I love the Screaming Eagle. I mean, and when I first became a Caps fan, they had, they had already switched over to the to the, you know, what they currently have. Um, but the Screaming Eagle, I mean. You still have a fondness for the team history, right? I mean, you're not. Oh, of course. Even if you weren't, you know, necessarily there for the launch or, or when it ended, but that was like Ovi's rookie jersey. You know, it was like. I mean, that was they went that before. You know, they had the cup run in '98, which uh, I don't really remember. Although I do have a funny story about that. But uh, I, uh, I mean, still, you know, that was still something. Yeah. No. Like there, there's history. I mean, you look inside the collar and it says 2005 for a reason. That's yeah number eight you know so yeah, i think sure. that ode to, to him was big but also i like going back to the black i mean you know i i love i love the red and, and the navy and the you know just classic road whites but having a different color in there i mean it's something new on the eyes it's a fun look i know the guys love it you know yeah. i i love the bond. it's not like there's that many teams that do black too right i mean you can think of the kings and then i can't really think of another one offhand yeah, I mean, it's it's not a lot, but I mean, it's a it's a new look. It, it's something new and different that you haven't seen for like the past few years. You know, we have a blue jersey, we have a red jersey. You know, we yeah. have the red whites. You know, get get a black jersey in there, and I think that the all black look is really cool. I think the copper is awesome. You know. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the copper, and they, they keep the Capitol building logo in there, too, on the shoulders. They so, did. That was a nice little touch. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that. so so I, I think that they they did a heck of a job. Um, And I, I haven't bought a jersey in years. Like, I, I, I might I might have to, to buy one. Um, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I can get them shipped over to the Netherlands, I'll have to. I'll have to yeah. That. Although, that might actually cost more than the jersey itself. So we'll, Maybe. I we'll <laughs> guess I'll um, have to see. All right, so uh, Sammy, there I have two more questions for you before we head out. Uh, and one I think is kind of a um, a question that I, I I wanted to ask you when you first mentioned it on the show, like uh, before the break, which is uh, you mentioned you're a coach now, and I, I was kind of curious. Um, you know, I'm not going to ask you specifics or anything, but you know, I, I guess kind of what perspective does being involved in that capacity in hockey really kind of bring to how you understand the sport, kind of how you think about what LaViolette does and doesn't do, or what head coaches do or don't do. 
Yeah, well, I can tell you, I mean, I have much, I mean, I've always respected the the heck out of LaViolette just because he's a great guy and there's a reason he's been around the league for such a long time. Um, sure. But man, I mean, it gives you a different perspective. I mean, <laughs> When when you're out there and you're you're standing, I mean, first of all, like you're you're skating around, you're running drills, you're showing them what what you know they're supposed to do. You're adjusting them to your systems and what you want to see, but you're also helping them reach their expectation, their standard of play. Sure, um, it, it's a role that goes beyond you know just setting lines or saying you're going to sit out or you know it's not like it, it's you don't and you don't have a vendetta really against anybody. I mean, you're you're there to get your team better, but to get your players better. Um, yes. And just gives you so much more of an appreciation for it. But also, I mean, it takes your knowledge of the game and you can carry that over, right? You can be like, okay, you know, I've watched this many practices. I've seen this, you know, the Caps do this. Yeah, you guys are U14 kids, but, you know, yeah. this, what, this is what a successful hockey team still does right and works for them. Or this is what a team that plays at the NHL level does that maybe I can see a little bit of you guys doing that we need to work on, you know? So sure. it, it gives you, it gives you a different perspective. I absolutely love it. I mean, the, the kids are such characters. So <laughs> the stuff that comes out of their mouth, I, I like can't even believe it. And, that, and then the stuff that probably comes out of my mouth, you know, is, is <laughs> I, I can't really curse. I, I have a very bad mouth. So I have to pretend like I'm at caps practice while I go to, my kids' practices and, and keep the, you know, keep keep things PG and save the cursing for, for when I get home. But it, there it, you it's go. fun to do. And it gives you such an appreciation of the game because you're not playing, you know. And when you're on the bench watching a game, you know, it's not like you can strap on the skates and, and go in, you know. Yes. And you got to communicate with your players, but you got to do it in a way where you're not screaming, you know what I mean? So it, yeah. it's a lot. And, you know, you take on the role of a mentor of you know so so it really does make me respect you know the coaching position more and also know that's not easy I think some people on Twitter or some people on Facebook or whatever it may be or people sitting in the chairs at home might be like this is so simple put so and so here yeah I think my favorite is when I go to a game and then sometimes I'll just hear not even just people say shoot but they just kind of are like oh well like why don't they just score more it's like very obvious, right? Yeah. You know, I, I would I would be a coach and just say, oh, the one thing I would say to people is just obviously you need to score and stop the other team, right? Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's not exactly that simple. Sometimes. And I can I can tell you the the boy the boys they hate that they hate you know the shoot. I don't think anybody likes it. Like no. obviously, but also I mean you gotta it, it's about matching your team systems too and matching your lines to the other lines that go out there. Yeah. It's like the other team does things too, right? I think that's like what's yeah. so easy to forget as a, a fan of one team is you, I mean, if there's, a, if there's a team sometimes with like an individually great player, you can usually step back and say, all right, like that player just did a thing and there's no one that's going to stop him. Like I think yeah. Connor, Connor McDavid has done things to the Caps or as he's done to every team that you're just like, all right, no one, no one in the planet Earth is stopping that move. Yeah. But, you know, I think aside from that, it's so easy to just only ever think about your team right and just think about oh why don't they just start playing better and then it's it, it, i think i would imagine you know I, it sounds like for you it's giving you a perspective that the other team also does things you know yeah no for sure because you can look and be like oh the caps are doing blank wrong but it might be more of they're doing this the other team's doing this right you know and that's what you gotta remember but you also gotta remember like matching up you know keeping them 
amped between periods, you know, giving them, not only just giving them motivation and coming to the bench and being like, good job, you know what I mean? Going back and saying, hey, you know how you did this? Maybe next time go out and do this. Yeah. Like, and th- there's yelling, you know, it's not just, coaching is not just standing there, you know, chewing gum and, and watching the game for 60 minutes. You're screaming constantly. I think yeah. I got back for my first time and I like, lo- I, like my voice, my jaw was telling me my voice was lost. Like, <laughs> I like felt old and it was because it's because I was, I yeah. was you know, and yeah, it's, it, and you know, the referee hate is real. That yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always funny because I feel like you can always tell the veteran coaches because they kind of have this like dark raspiness to it that just comes from years and years of knowing how to yell. And it's, uh, it's always, it's always fascinating. My, my high school had a old football coach that had been there, I think, since probably the 70s and you just had this like kind of gravelly voice that you could tell came from years and years of needing to yell at increasingly loud volumes oh yeah no and i mean it's funny because like well you know laviolette will be on the ice and like you know yelling and running the drills and they all come out and be like morning guys you know and like, yeah it, it's, it's like it, a switch it's crazy that they can do it, that it's awesome it, it's it, it's it's really something to see so it's given me an appreciation. It gives me a chance to, to give back to the hockey community. I volunteer to do it. I don't get paid to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, but it's, it's worth it because it's, it's so much fun showing kids how to, how to be better at the game that we all love. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Final question. And this is going to be kind of a silly one, but, uh, I I have to say, I have now relocated to Europe, as people probably know if you've been listening to me opine about the capitals for this long. Um, so one thing I miss in Europe is, I mean, Halloween has become a thing here more. There was actually an article I was reading today about how the Netherlands people, old timers, are becoming increasingly annoyed that all the young kids do Halloween. But uh, I, you know, I am curious, Sammy, uh, what is your favorite candy and what was your favorite candy to receive when you were trick-or-treating? Ooh, that's hard. Yeah, I know. That's so hard. I saw. I stopped. <laughs> I, stopped I surprised you with this one, too. I did not warn you this question was coming. No, you so. didn't. It's so funny <laughs> because I have, I have been trick-or-treating in so... I, I stopped when I, when I was, like, still young because I just wanted to sit at home and watch Wheel of Fortune. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. Sorry, I'm taking... See, I would have my parents drive me. I'll, 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 I'll buy you a little bit of time uh, and give you... A little... I would have my parents occasionally drive me to the uh, the neighborhoods that people gave full candy bars because that was always the the big deal. And I was always like, oh, yeah, people I respect that. Uh, yeah. I think my, my choice... Uh, I think when I was a kid, I was a big Kit Kat person because I, you would get so much just like normal candy that I kind of appreciated the texture. But now I will say they have Reese's in Europe and they they kick ass here as much as there. And uh, I actually, so my, my wife has given me um, a, her big thing is uh, dark chocolate Reese's. And I really, really like this. It's kind of an interesting mm-hmm. contrast. And those are really good. So that would, that would those would be my two choices. So, uh, Sammy, I bought you some time. So, so you, you did. Got? You did. All right. So, yeah, it's funny. I used to have some lame neighbors who didn't give good candy either. Sorry, oh, to, the, yeah. sorry to the parents of kids I probably went to high school with and didn't talk to. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I that's think, our biggest audience, Sammy. I can't believe you. I know. You des- All them are like, them like that, this girl stinks. No, uh, 
I loved, so I used to like Kit Kats, but not, not a lot. And I used to actually get a lot of flack from people because I chew through them. Like, I don't, I don't split them. You don't break them off? I don't think you're, are you supposed to? I don't, I mean, I, I, I think so. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they, they, they break off. Right. So I always am like I, I, anyone who's ever met me in person will realize I'm constantly moving my hands. I think it's like, uh, you know, that's, that's a thing and it's for me. And so I, 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 I always do that if I had the option for a candy, but maybe I'm, I'm, I'm unique. Yeah. Some people, some people get mad that I do that. So, I mean, I've never been crazy about Kit Kats. I'll go when I was younger. I loved Milky Ways. Oh, that's um, a good one. Milky Way is a really solid choice. Still, still love Milky Ways. Not my favorite. I think my favorite now, and I can't eat it a lot, but I really like just classic, like, king-size Hershey bar, like dark chocolate. Okay. I can't really classic for a reason, you know? I can't really eat it because of the, the dog, because um, yeah. she'll, she'll snatch anything. I mean, I like Big Macs, too, but I don't think that they give out Big Macs. In that would be an interesting one. I mean, that would, uh, you know, that would be a very popular house. Although I guess you would need to like keep them warm in an oven. Or I don't know how that would work. But it yeah. Would be I mean, but yeah. So I'll go. I'll go king size. And I like Reese's too. But I'll go king size Hershey bar. And then when I was younger, they they were the they were the Milky Milky Ways. I always thought it was so cool. I was a big space nerd too. So like I was like, oh, I'm yeah, cool. Milky Way. I'm like, didn't you know it was a galaxy? Like people were like, shut up. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. No, I, I uh, a good a good a good Milky Way is a really solid choice. Uh, yeah, and I, for whatever reason, I think I, I've started gravitating towards the dark chocolate stuff as I get older. And there is a really really good dark chocolate Milky Way. So that's a, that's a, that's a really solid Ooh. choice if anyone yeah. has that option because it kind of, it balances out, I think, when you have like something as sweet as caramel in the middle and the nougat, it kind of balances it out. So, uh, so there you go. So that's, uh, that's our, that's our Halloween corner. And uh, I think every time I bring someone on uh, from America, I'm just going to have to ask them like about a random American thing that I miss. So uh, Sammy, thank you for indulging. No, thank you for indulging me because I yeah. don't even remember the last time I trick-or-treated. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I, and apparently trick or treating is now a thing in the Netherlands. Uh, apparently, so I am. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, I, I live in an apartment complex, so probably not super likely. But uh, you know, if I see any little kids running around, I'll have to see, give them candy. I'm, the, I'm uh, like awkward. I live in like a condo building with like a lot of older people, but I know there's kids here too. But I'll probably be sure. like one of the people who like keeps lights off, and I'm like, you know, not not here. Like, yeah. don't, <laughs> not here, <laughs> no, I don't really have candy, like, if they want, like, a Cheeto, I can, like, give them, <laughs> give, give them Cheeto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they don't really have those in Europe, which has been disappointing for me. I don't, so I don't keep a lot of candy around here, um, so, yeah. so the kiddos, if you live in Bethesda and you're a kid, don't, don't come to, don't come to my apartment, I don't Yeah, have all right, well, it's good to know, good to know, all right, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, uh, yeah. I, I want to get you back on again soon. And uh, where can uh, where can people find you? Because you've been writing up a storm, so uh, so yeah. plug stuff because you you've been you deserve to have your stuff plugged because it's been really good lately. I appreciate that. Yeah, my mixtape drops soon. Um, oh no. shit! I'm just oh, kidding. Shit. All right. Well, now I gotta add the expletive label, but that's fine. no. Yeah. No, please do. I always love when I come on a podcast and the e gets added because like expletive because I know yeah. I'll probably, I know I'll probably like drop an f bomb here or there. No, I mean I. I actually, uh, so this is true, uh, and I guess I don't know if Apple's going to kick me off or whatever and saying this. I always put the E because I never know. Because apparently if you curse and don't label it, that's like Armageddon for, for podcasts. So uh, I always put the E even though I 
I'm not always sure if I've cursed or not, because I'm usually not the biggest cursor, but also I'm not like a weird fundamentalist against it. So All I remember is I was on All's Caps, and I never talked to Carl Olsner, but I watched him like growing up. Yeah. And I was like, so excited, but I just like cursed, and I saw the E rating pop up next to it, and I was like, <sighs> I was, that was like, deserved. <laughs> I was like, Sammy, you've you've done it again. I was like, yeah. there's some friendly people, but no. Uh, no okay, Chapers and Radio is a uh, family friendly, except mm-hmm. in the uh, when 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 you get over the 50 minute mark, I think that's what, that's when we get. Yeah. The, uh, that's like that's like the uh, the Japers rank at night kind of crowd. Adults. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I um I no, I mean I I have a podcast coming out soon. I won't reveal too much, but uh, some cool things. Oh, you're you're in the podcasting game too. I'm I'm gonna be me and a, a buddy of mine from from uh you know from way back are gonna gonna make things happen. Uh, All so right, okay. Well, I will uh, I will let you reveal uh, that in due time. Yeah, and then Twitter, um, you know, at Sammy Silber, you know, you can find me there, and uh, at you know W S H Hockey Now is the main Washington Hockey Now Twitter. Yeah. Um, and then we have our Facebook Washington Hockey Now and. And then you can find me, you know, on Instagram. I'm the kid Sammy on Instagram. You can find me in my pictures there. And same handle mm-hmm. for watching hockey now. We have an Instagram. We have a shout out to Michael if you're listening to this. You're a great Instagram manager and photo editor. He does so much work. I'll upload like my thousands of pictures. He'll take pictures and he'll go through each one and edit them for social. So shout nice. out to Michael. Um, he's great. There and you go. A heck of a player too. So, and you can find me at the rank if you ever see me at the rank. You know, come say yeah. hi. I will make it clear I am not Sam Pell. I am a different Sam. I yes, you her. are. Yeah, yeah. I I will, mean, we, I'm like we, I will tell her. I will both tell her are, that you say hi. Rank radio friendly. Yes, I think it's safe to say. No, that. I love I love Sam. It's funny. I was telling her the other day because somebody came up to me. They're like, Oh my god. They're like, You're Sam, like the hockey writer. I'm like, Yeah, like it's nice to meet you. And they're like, Wait a minute. They're like. You're not Sam Pell. And I'm like, no. no. And they're like, and they like walked away. They're like, tell her I love her work. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I will. I'm like, I love her work too. <laughs> but, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, no, we we are different. Um, we are different Sam, sure. but she, she's awesome. She she's she's as fantastic as as everybody says she is even there, more. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah so I'm plugging Pell, her course. too. Yeah. I'm plugging Sam Pell too. Follow her too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, I think she's actually set a record. I mean, like, I think I've actually had her on as many times as Adam Stringham had Isabel Kashudian on. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> say, say what you will about that. And I know it's obviously we all, we all wish her well as she, uh, currently is still reporting from a war zone so yeah. so there you go he's, um yeah. he's incredible so shout out yes. to them follow them follow absolutely Tarek, absolutely why no just had a book come out like, i saw that i saw that that's cool yeah that's cool so, all right I'm sorry so, i'm out too many people shout out to my dog you can follow her too just everybody yes. follow yep, yep. Every- proud proud follower of both you and your dog on instagram that's, that's, yes, a, good, follow, that's a high quality follow. yeah follow everyone there you go there you go and speaking of things that you can follow you can follow uh, me at, at GregY underscore JR. You can follow the show at, at Japers Rink Radio. And uh, next week, we have a fun guest. And it's someone who I don't know if he's ever been on a hockey podcast before. But we have uh, – and I he doesn't have an active Twitter account. But uh, he I, next week, uh, I'll unveil it now. We're going to have a guy named Paul Campos on uh, who is a law professor and a prominent political blogger and – 
who helpfully for us wrote a book about what it means to be a sports fan. And I figured next week it would be kind of fun as, you know, things are still a little early and we were able to dive in here with some cap specific stuff with Sammy. Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to zoom out a little next week and I'm going to ask uh, Paul about what it means to be a fan. And uh, it's a question that has been on my mind a lot as I continue to watch a hockey team that is a at minimum eight hour flight away. So that's something I've been thinking about a lot, and I'm excited to talk to Paul Campos about it next week. So uh, with that, uh, if you like the show, please rate and subscribe review. As I mentioned, we're going to have Paul, uh, Paul Campos on, and uh, I'm really excited for that. And uh, stay tuned for next week.